Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of the Seeing Red podcast here in beautiful Calgary, Alberta on this April 7th Sunday afternoon, located conveniently in Joe's bedroom. Didn't even have to make the 10-step the walk to get to the studio today. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I just had to roll out of bed and uh, start setting up. Actually, our current studio is being occupied by my roommate because he wants to watch the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. So happy WrestleMania season to you and yours. <laughs> Without further ado, we got lots of Calgary Flames hockey to talk about, and uh, I can't do that alone, so I will introduce the people that I have conned into hanging out with me this <laughs> afternoon. That laugh you heard over the airwaves is a man uh, who cannot eat wheat, but is in fact bringing the heat, fresh off a new look uh, arena. Yeah. Yeah, the Goober Dome has moved locations. That's correct. Yeah, tell me all about it, Matthew. Moved on the weekend. Yep. Uh, moving's the worst. I fucking hate it. It's but quite it's terrible. over with now. Right. And uh, I'd like to point out that I paid for the Goober Dome, not hose the taxpayers to try and get it for free. Right. So you actually purchased that with your own money. Yeah, and you because I'm out. the one using it. Oh. So to me, that makes sense. But I get that I'm in the minority. Right. That is such a novel idea and one that I'll definitely take into consideration heading into the provincial election. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. Yes, yes. That is that local content that keeps the people listening. <laughs> that other snicker you were hearing over the airwaves, uh, the man making all the magic happen, uh, the general producer to my general musician, Cody Dickinson. How's it going? What's well, good? That one in. Damn. <laughs> Fuck. I was really hoping you were going to go with a what's good today, and I was going to like jinx you on air. Ah, but see? I cut on and missed. Hey, see, that's why that's why we pay him the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. Keeps you on your toes. For what real. is good, though? Yes. You know what? Uh, I've heard the Calgary Flames are pretty good, but the way they played the past couple games would insinuate the other uh, the opposite. <laughs> so hopefully we can uh, get to the source of that and clean it up before we head into the playoffs. So, Matthew, tell me all about the week that was in Calgary Flames hockey with the flagship program, Bruce Lunt's Lay of the Land. Thanks, Joe. So, uh... Last week, we had just come off the San Jose Sharks game where the Flames won, clinched the division. We sat, I want to say, six of our regular guys on Monday night. Correct. Uh, in Los Angeles, second half of back-to-back, and beat them 7-2 with our B squad. That's right. And then finished off the road trip in Anaheim on Wednesday, which we lost 3-1. And then finished off the regular season last night at home to the Edmonton Oilers, the last hockey night in Canada of the season. And lost 3-1 in kind of a stinker. Just how you draw it up, hey? So next week, we start a two-game homestand on Thursday against the Avalanche. And then on Saturday, we finish the homestand against the Avalanche. And then we hit on the road for two games in Colorado the Monday after against the Avalanche. And then the Wednesday, we finish off the road trip against the Avalanche. Wow. <laughs> We make that trip right across the Mile High State, right to Denver to play the Avalanche. That's right. Yep. So for those of you that aren't laughing, uh, <laughs> that's our first way of saying is that we locked up the number one seed. And uh, up until last night, I think it was up in the air between the Avs and Dallas. But the Flames get Colorado round one starting Thursday night at eight o'clock and then 830 on Saturday. So yep. both late games. Absolutely. Joe, how do you feel about our matchup against the Avs? Uh, I love it. I love the branding possibilities as the first ever Rocky Mountain Bowl, right? You got, yeah, yeah. Or the Altitude Bowl, you know, the Thin Air Bowl. There's lots of stuff you can work on there. I've heard the Fire and Ice series. Oh, that's good. Oh, my God. Okay, that reminds me. On Twitter today, a guy I followed out of the whim. I've never heard of him until like five minutes ago. His Twitter handle is Jark Mankowski. (laughs) (laughs) And he called andrew manjapane sea of bread today <laughs> i fucking i lost it that's the best one going and that's coming from me who's been like trying to like force feed nicknames into andrew manjapane so wait like three years when giordano like wins a cup and retires off in the sunset and manjapane's the next captain yeah and he'll truly be the sea, the sea of, of bread. bread oh yes all right so are you coming out on air saying that gucci ming <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rule it out Gucci but see bread like the the sex appeals there it's just so neat it's so elegant rolls off the tongue everyone likes to see a bread true but like knowing me and like how much i've been trying to force feed brad light tree living right <laughs> and mark jordan norris <laughs> like yeah, to yeah. be fair i did see that one other places the jordan norris yeah yeah that one picked up a little bit of steam yeah. and then uh so yeah so you know i'm not gonna rule out gucci mang but it's definitely uh losing steam in the power rankings right um, not that that wasn't good analysis, but <laughs> how, how do you feel about this matchup against the Avs? Uh, I'm really pumped for this series against the Avs because uh, 
obviously prior to recording, I try to do a little snooping, try to figure out what the abs are all about. Right. And I was pretty confident heading into the series prior. And now I feel like even more so. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm going to go with a nice conservative Flames in five. Flames in five, hey? Yep. I, uh, I honestly don't disagree. I think we're way deeper than the Avalanche and mm-hmm. that we will have trouble with their top line just the way every other team this season has had trouble with the top line. Right. I don't know if we have a player as fast as Nathan McKinnon to keep up with him. Like, sure, he, he's he, a fucking horse. Other than Connor McDavid and Braden Point, he, I bet you he's the third fastest guy in the NHL. You know what? It's actually interesting because in preparing for this podcast, I went ahead and like tried to take a look at like who I think are going to be the, the problems, right, on right. Colorado. And... For me, it's like Nathan McKinnon and kind of everybody else. Like Nathan McKinnon is, I think he's closer to like Connor McDavid than people think, you know? Yeah. He he was second for a Hart Trophy last year. They're going to -to back-to-back playoffs, and it's kind of like McKinnon and nobody else. Like Ranson took a step this year, right? Totally. Gabriel Aniscog has been in the league a long time, but like never really did anything on his own until McKinnon got around, right? Yeah, I mean, Rantanen, like, he had 84 points or something last year, kind of a breakout season. Yeah. And then this year had 87, so that's still, like, an amazing season. Right. But, like, 31 goals, like, that's good, but I was, it's not, like, break the world good. So I'm glad you brought up Rantanen. Um, did you dig deep into his stats at all? I'm looking at 16% shooting percentage. Okay, so what I found when I looked into Rantanen is since the All-Star break, he's got 13 points in 24 games. Really? Not great, yeah. So he was lighting the world on fire with McKinnon. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but it was kind of like Rantanen and Cooch were kind of yeah. like jockeying for pole position Absolutely. at the top. And since then, uh, since the All-Star break, was pretty good uh, like directly after. But the past two months, his point totals are declining. Yeah. And he most recently has been scratched for the last couple of games for the Avs. Right. Which leads me to believe that he ha- might have the same thing that Sean Monaghan had last year. Just where he came out guns a-blazing, has like a sneaky injury. They're not willing to like go out there outwardly and be like, he's legitimately hurt. I think he can play through it. Yeah. I think he's like not like you know, playing hurt. He might be playing injured. Like he might be hurt, hurt, you know? Yeah. So, and uh, like, like that would make sense. Like a 16% shooting percentage is like too high. Yeah. Right. Right. So if he came out of the gates blazing and yep. then had a bad cold two weeks, that shows him regressing to the mean. Yep. Which part of me thinks we're explaining away. Cause like flames homers and that, yo, right. there's no way they're that good. Right. For like, sure. How could they possibly be good as us? Totally. But I also think that our like, Backlund, Kachuk, Froelich line, presuming they play together, right. has never really struggled to shut down anyone. Like mm-hmm. every assignment they get, they seem they eat. in place out there, right? Yeah. Actually, man, holy fuck. I actually did some legitimate like prep work today. And I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go in on this podcast. Holy cow. Okay. So speaking of the 3M line, sure. okay. Uh, also in trying to figure out some storylines around the abs. Uh, the other name I was looking at was Carl Soderberg. Gabe the Babe is just coming back off injury and was also playing really well. Right. But to me, he's more of a two-way guy. If his point totals are pretty high, it's because he plays on that line with Ranson and Ann McKinnon. 75 points in 73 games. Like, yeah. That's a great that's, season. That's a but... really great season, for sure. Don't take anything away from him, but I'm talking like, I kind of think Ranson and McKinnon do most of the heavy lifting on that. Okay. That's neither here nor there. I was looking at secondary guys, and Carl Soderberg is the only guy with like kind of a reasonable output. Yeah. So Carl Soderberg... Uh, is kind of their Michael Backlund, but much like is the case with everyone of the abs, they just kind of do what we do, but like a little bit worse. Sure. Right? So Carl Soderberg, much like Michael Backlund in his most productive season where he scored 53 points and finished fourth in Selkie uh, voting, yep. basically starts every shift in his own end. It's something like two-thirds or like six out of ten shifts are basically in his own end. So yep. for him to have 49 points and be very close to being a positive possession player is kind of indicative of him like having the toughest assignments on a night-to-night basis. But his stats pale in comparison to Michael Backlund, who basically did play two-thirds of his shifts in his own end yep. all the time in whatever that was, 2017. Yeah. But he also got snubbed from the World Championship. For sure. All of this is just a long-winded way of me saying Michael Backlund is actually like so fucking good. Yeah. And, and like that is our second-line center, and they don't have anyone that can kind of bang with that. Right. Yeah. Our big strength is our depth. And we have we have a foil to their big strong line that we're also talking about is probably hampered by injury. Totally. There's just no one that can bang with them. Like, I'm very confident about it. If you have some money, bet it on the Calgary Flames, because I think they're going to steamroll the series for sure. Yeah. Like they do like they shuffle lines, but I'm looking at our their second line, like second top six is like Carl Soderberg. Alex Kerfoot and like JT Comper. Yeah. Comfer. I don't even know how to say sure. it. But like, yeah, I think our Jankowski Bennett line, our Backlund line, and honestly, the Derek Ryan, like the forced line. Yeah, like yeah. that line I think matches up fine against Kerfoot and Soderberg. Totally. Kerfoot's good, but 
he's like a I don't think he dominates play. If the play comes to him, he's excellent at dealing with it. Yep. But I don't think he can go fish the puck and create an offensive scoring opportunity out of nothing. And I see our like middle six guys do that all the time. Yep. Where, you know, it's a one on two and it's like, fuck, they're probably just going to dump it in. But then they find a streaking defenseman and then Dalton pro deeks the goalie. Right. Like, right. That was a Magipane pass. Yeah. Like I just, I think that, uh, yeah, you talk about depth that we can deploy anyone out there yeah. against the abs like freaking best you know top six guys and i like the flames in that matchup totally so uh, yeah you say at flames in five and i don't disagree yep yeah absolutely like matt nieto doesn't really scare me eric johnson dude ian cole it's crazy right the abs have two first overall picks on their team you'd be like yo this team is set right they're like the penguins but those two first overall picks are nathan mckinnon who's really good and the other one's eric johnson yeah yeah so uh but yeah, I mean, this is a team with some pedigree, like not to like make this the whole drag the fucking abs through the Coles podcast. They are a good team. They made the playoffs last year. They were pretty close to 50 wins. Yeah. And then we're, have basically been playing playoff hockey for like two fucking months here. They're kind of a weird organization. Just think of how they had Ryan O'Reilly, Paul Stasny, Matt Duchesne. Yep. And then they're with the old and with all the new. out the door. But yet seeming like, you know, they were out of the playoffs and finished red hot to lock up this playoff sp- spot. Yep. So I don't want to discount them too much. But yeah, I don't think that their core has been together as long as ours either. Yep. Their goaltending is just as shaky as ours. Yep. I think their defense is significantly worse. For sure. Uh, I, yeah, I just think that the Flames are matching up like stronger than them in almost any category. Without a doubt. Like I said, I think the real the real dudes that give you any pause for concern are or reason for concern, whatever reason for pause i'm not exactly sure what the thing is sorry i've been watching a lot of trailer park boys cause for concern cause could that sounds right yeah reason for pause cause for concern sure there you go okay anyway uh our ranton and mckinnon but my hypothesis is randon's hurt and in hockey you kind of can't win with just one dude hello edmonds oilers so yeah and yeah. like i'll say this let's if the flames lose it will be because nathan mckinnon has like 15 points in the series yeah he just wins it on his own yeah he just has like the hottest two weeks of anybody ever i like like the flames have had their ups and downs and like some like injuries happen i just can't see like tyson yost yeah like deking through the jankowski james neal sam bennett line undressing our defenseman and scoring like that's i that would blow my mind yeah if i would be third forward. line like like suddenly took over yeah so what are we thinking like gentlemen sweep Win three straight, drop the fourth one, come back to the crib, win it. I'm going 2 1 2, win it in their barn. Oh, that's nice. so flames. Oh, like, that is flames. There's no way we get a series win at home. We <laughs> yeah. never do that. Well, why would we do that? No. <laughs> series win on the road and then uh, get a nice rest before round two. Right. But it's not all positive on this Calgary Flames team. We talk about how great they match up depth wise. We talk about how, you know, we have just as much talent as they do, like in terms of the high end stuff. Mm-hmm. The one thing that is kind of a question mark on both teams is the goaltending. And uh, yesterday, I, I didn't actually get to watch the game. I was at work. Uh, did you guys get to watch it at all? I heard Mike Smith had another gaffe. I don't know. Yes. Not great, yeah. Bob. Okay. Yeah, it's too bad. He, I'm just going to spill out all yeah. my Mike Smith hate. Cody was get at the game, get it out, the inter- And then we're going to bring some new energy to the playoffs. Yeah. Hashtag positive podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Mike Smith. Yeah. I know you guys didn't see it, but there was... One play in particular that mm-hmm. I saw, and I just about lost my shit in my seats, but I was sitting in the fancy seats. I somehow managed to infiltrate the fancy seats again. <laughs> Congratulations. Two weeks in a row. Let's go. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching this, and the, the puck is dumped in. Both teams go for a change. There is nobody on the ice. Right. Mike Smith comes out of the net, goes for a walk behind the net, falls. <laughs> he fucking falls and trips all over himself, can't find the puck. Finally gets up and just dumps it off for, I think it might have been, we'll just say, we'll just say Gio. I sure. don't know. Kind of drunk. Couldn't. And I, hey, I no judgment. There <laughs> and I cannot scream at him. I have to be somewhat civil. Right. Because there's people eating like sa- caviar. This pl- yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> this chick had a full salad beside me <laughs> on a plate. Like a real, to her a real, plate. A real plate. plate. And I'm sitting there with my like beer that I got from the concessions downstairs. Yeah. And I'm just losing my shit. I'm like, fuck, what are you saying? So for what it's worth, we're going to tweet out like a GIF or a That's going to feel good, video. hey? I'm still not done, but go. Okay. <laughs> and so I Googled 
Mike Smith falls behind the net, thinking that like if it's a recent thing, it'll be like on the top of Google. And I had to wade through like seven <laughs> clips of Mike Smith falling behind the net, like three of them on the Flames, four on the Coyotes. It's like holy fuck, this happens all the time. That might be a fun passion project for me if I just like super cut all of like the best Mike Smith falls behind the, the net. The video will be like eleven minutes long. <laughs> it's like uh, one like, of those banana peel highlight reels. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, oh so dumb. Anyways, Cody, yeah. keep going. Yeah. And it's it's getting to the point where it's like in, uh, what is that movie? I think it's Forgetting Sarah Marshall where Bill Hader is like on the phone with um, Jason Siegel and he's just like, go back to your room. Go back to your room, Peter. It's like watching Mike Smith. Like, stay in your net, Mike Smith. Go yeah. back to your net. Don't Mike do Smith, it. Go back to your net. Yeah. Go back to your net, Mike Smith. Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> go back to your net. <laughs> and he just, it that pulls into he has the least puck awareness right. I have ever I seen on a goalie in my entire life. Yeah. There's been at least three instances in the past two weeks where he has acted like he has the puck in his glove and he's not even close to it. Right. It's true. I Last week, I kind of said how like, oh, I think Mike Smith got a talking to from Jordan Sigalat, our goalie coach. Oh, right. About like, hey, playing it less. Let's just like chill out. We have really competent defensemen back there. Let them make the pass. Yep. And then shit like this happens and it makes me kind of think like, Okay, maybe that conversation didn't happen yet, and it needs to. If I could just offer one contrapoint to all this, uh, and something that we kind of overlooked when we were doing Ruslan's Lay of the Land, this week kind of served as a tryout. Right. So they might have been trying out game plans in addition to trying out lineups. Yeah. They were trying out game plans, trying out you know different looks, uh, techniques. I don't know. Like I'm not a fucking pro athlete, believe it or not. So I don't really know what goes on back there. <laughs> but I figure with like a week to spare, uh, you know, you'd want to try a few things out. I personally would have liked to see them slaughter the Oilers like one more time. I know. Yeah. I, I think like a nice, like deflating womp, womp one, three loss. Like we injured McDavid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Careful. No, we didn't. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He injured himself. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I guess you guys didn't see it, but did, was that, did it look worse on TV? Like, no, I, it, it was it, one of those hits where you knew the Oilers fans were going to be like, come on, like, he's the best player, protect him. And you knew the Flames fans were going to be like, it's just a collision. It's, like, yeah, he's he's playing defense. Well, did yeah. you guys see McDavid, like, come out and be like, nope, he was playing the puck. He came out to me, like, after the game, came into the locker room, was like, yo, I'm sorry. And McDavid's like, dude, don't be sorry. It's not a big deal. Well, yeah, really? you, you, see, see, you yeah. see McDavid do that. But then Nugent Hopkins, after the game, he's like, yeah, uh, you know, Connor had him beat. Gio should have just let him walk by. Of course he should have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because he's that's not right. That's, that's not how, how hockey works, works yes. Ryan. God. I wouldn't expect you to know anything about hockey, bro. Out there playing in Edmonton. I feel Fuck. so bad for McDavid. Like, this is what? Like, five days a week after he comes out and says, we don't have a GM. Like, why would I be excited about next season? <laughs> yeah. And then he gets drilled into the, like, breaks his leg or whatever. Yo, there might be an element of that. Like, he might have given up, right? Like, I think he might he be just, nihilist McDavid right now. They probably took him out of the game for precautionary reasons. But, like, if I were him, I'd be like, fuck that. I'm not going back out. Like, yeah. You go break your leg. Like, for real. I'm doing everything I can out here, and you guys can't fucking do anything else. Yeah, it's like Earl Thomas getting carted off the field, just fucking flipping the bird yeah. on the sideline. Oh, man, some whack shit. Whack shit going on in Edmonton. Yeah, McDavid, get out of there, man. Honestly, like, come on. Give us all. I want to like you. I want to like you more. I want to Requ openly like you. Request that trade, homie. Yeah. You know what you should do is just sign in the KHL and score like 250 points next year. That would be fucking how sweet. How gangster would that be? You know what? It'd be like uh, it'd be like how Ichiro has like the all-time pro baseball yeah. hits record, right? Like, yeah, you could, like, have a dude like Connor McDavid who's, like, openly killing the Chell and, like, send him to fucking the K and it'll just triple. Yeah. And then he'll have, like, all of Gretzky's records, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That's I mean, our that. professional recommendation to you, Connor. <laughs> tell your agent. You okay. Tell us later. Uh, send the check later. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you get, we just want 2% of this yeah. great career move that's definitely be more lucrative than playing in the NHL. That's right. Um. Yeah, so yesterday was a stinker. Uh. Just to double back to the tryout aspect, uh, they've basically gone outwardly and said everything but like Fanberg starting, right? Correct. So Fanberg has won this 6D job. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, I don't mind it. Like considering our other options, I think they're all similar. Like Fanberg's not a game breaker. I'm not super thrilled that he's playing. Yep. But compared to like the Stone or Shillington, like other choices, yep. I think he's the most normal like i don't know he doesn't fuck up which is really all you're looking for to your right. sixth defenseman we go out there for 45 seconds and don't fuck up we've said it a million times right like no news is good news yeah. with your sixth defenseman i'm like not yelling at fantenberg that's perfect more notable i thought was that they 
are going to play Geo and Brody on the top pair, mm-hmm. and then Anderson on the third pair with Phantomburg. Yep. Do you like that move, or do you disagree with it? I mean, I'm I'm kind of openly somewhat of a Brody apologist. I feel like recently people have soured on him quite a bit, including the coaching staff. Sure. That's why Rasmus was playing with Geo for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but like. I don't know. Historically, they play well together, and I know everyone plays well with Mark Giordano. Yeah, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to like put Brody in the best position for him to succeed. I agree. You know? I think this is not a. I don't want to call it babysitting assignment, right? But bro, you get so much more out of TJ Brody playing with Giordano than you will playing with Phantomburg, right? And so you may as well maximize. Like you got to play a third of the game. Like there's only six guys back there. True. So you may as well maximize his utilization if you know that. Anderson and Phantomburg on presumably like a positive deployment, a lot of offensive zone starts right. will be just fine. They not risk having like a disaster in a Phantomburg. I'll pairing. say this. There's also that air of like, it's the playoffs. Young guys have never been there. It's different. Right. right? So like, I also get the idea of like easing Rasmus into that like, he a has big like time what, 70 career yeah. regular season games. Dude, and suddenly he's on the top pair with how good and young and affordable this team is. Like Rasmus Anderson has like a lot of playoff hockey, especially in front of him. against a team as fast as Colorado. Like they're talking about the top line. True, that is for all his faults. TJ Brody's a good skater. Yep, right. It's kind of a heart attack with the puck, but mm-hmm. I think that pairing in a shutdown role can can is the closest we have to being able to wheel with those guys. Totally, and I think that might be a strategic move on Bill's part. Absolutely. Uh, and then yeah. Um, also in the tryouts. Uh, I don't know forwards right. Uh, Quine. Dubé had a cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything? Anything there? Uh, I think Quine is our 13th forward right now. Okay. Yeah. I don't, barring injury, I don't know if we see Dylan Dubé in our regular circumstances. Right. I think if anyone gets hurt or plays really terrible, I think Alan Quine's the next guy up. Kind of a stupid thing to get hung up on, but we actually already have like 13 forwards. This would be like our 14th forward is kind of like what we're thinking here, right? Right. Because if everyone's right. healthy, yeah. then Zarnik presumably comes out. Right, right, right. So like basically they're, you're fighting for like the double depth job. For sure. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if Quine jumped Zarnik to get in though. As, you think as, so? As well as Austin's played, I think Quine, I don't know. He like looks really good out there. I know a lot of people are very high on Quine, myself included actually. I think I have like a whole fucking podcast dedicated to him when he first got called up. But Well, he's played like 40-ish games for Stockton and is still the like season leader in points. Yeah. Even though I think second is Kirby Reichel who has played 80 games. Right. Like he's just, he's outgrown that level of hockey. Mm-hmm. So I think if we can think that we're going to like bring him back next year, we got to get him like some looks at this level. Totally. And uh, I think he's looked great out there. Zarnik's also had some flashes of brilliance, but he's also had kind of some flashes of mediocrity right and i don't know i think quine just looks like poise out there he's 26 or whatever and looks like a professional he's not like a young kid i don't know he kind of like I, I like alan quine yeah yeah you get like the cut of his jib that's yeah. correct that's right okay all right love it um i don't think we have anything else to pick on here so maybe we'll take a break uh we'll be back after the flip we actually threw out an instagram question as well this week so maybe we'll get to that uh so yeah so stay tuned Hey Matt, I just picked up this fancy new Instagram thing. And while it's pretty cool with all the scantily clad ladies selling teeth whitening kits, I'm actually looking for some flames content. You should check out the Seeing Red Instagram account. Hmm, Seeing Red Instagram account? I'm unfamiliar. It's full of flames content, interactive polls, and funny jokes about us. Wow, that sounds great. You can find us at Seeing Red Podcast as well as on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. All right, welcome back. So, uh, with the regular season finally come to a close, all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. Yep. The Flames ended up second in the whole NHL, first place in the Western Conference, 107 points. We had the most goals in the West. We had the best goal differential in the West. We had the most goals at home in the whole league, I believe. Holy cow. Fortress. Yeah. So with all that being said, what are your takeaways from the season? Uh, like looking back at what how you felt in October, right. just kind of what are your feelings? Obviously, it went well, but... I think... I am actually like pretty bad for this as like Joey Homer that I always enter seasons cautiously optimistic. Right. I'm always like, uh, yeah, we are probably gonna be bad, but, uh, we could not be bad. Uh, I can't tell you that I expected to be the best team basically wire to wire. That was out of nowhere. Typically the way the flames do it is they'll like either start off super hot and then teeter off at the end or like be kind of in the hunt and then have to like play perfect to make it in the, in the playoffs. Right. Uh, but this year did not go like that. They were just good all year. And it's, it's been a fucking treat for like the first time in my entire life. Just watching this team all year long, like no real gripes. 
Okay, I'm gonna read a few stats that I think are interesting, and it's and I, guess I agree with you. It's easy to get caught up in the like everything went well. Yeah. Or I find it's also easy to get caught up in like really generic narratives like James Neal's overpaid. We get it. We know. Yeah. Like, there's no debate there, right? Yeah. Mike Smith is bad. Yeah. You know. Okay. All right. Sure. Mark Giordano is really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt Kachuk's going to get a raise. Yeah. <laughs> so is Andrew Majapane. Okay. Johnny Gaudreau, 99 points, played all 82 games. Yep. Uh, going into next season, do you think he's going to improve on that? Or do you think we've maybe seen Gaudreau's career year? Good question. Uh, I don't know. It's weird because scoring this season was like through the fucking roof. Yeah, the good players were really good. Really good. Really, really good. Uh, You know what, man? The guy's like, what? He's 25, just like me. Like, come on, man. He'll be better next year. Of course. Goudreau? Yeah, definitely. You think? Man, I kind of disagree, actually. 99 points? Like, he, he could touch 100. Why not? You don't think so? The Flames as a whole, especially Goudreau's line mates, were healthy all season. True. And they all had career years. And he played a ton with Giordano on that top power play. Who also unit. had a career year. Yeah, right. that's right. And Gio's pro like this, if it, it is his career year, yeah. right? Like if yep. he had more than 74 points next season, I would be floored. Yo, but we've been seeing every he gets single better year, man. Every, every year. like a fine wine, man. I know. I I like I agree, but Okay. More than likely than not, this was Gaudreau's best year. I think there's I, a good chance. Yeah, I think you, you might be right. You might be talking to me into it. 14.7% shooting, which is high, but not crazy high. Right. 36, 33 power play points. Sorry. So it, exactly a third of his points are on the power play. Yep. That's not crazy high either. Keep in mind, the Flames power play has been largely bad for like two, three months now. Three months. I thought you were going to say two or three decades. Oh, yeah. But, oh, nice. Burn. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I... uh. It wouldn't surprise me if this is his career year. Yeah, I feel, I, it I makes me feel that. shitty to say that out loud. But yep. uh, okay, so scrolling down a little bit, Elias Lindholm, seventy-eight points in eighty-one games. Yep, obviously more than we expected, right? Without a doubt. Do you think that he maintains this first line eliteness? I do. I think this co. Uh, well, eliteness. I, that a word? Eliteness. It is now. <laughs> uh, I I think it's pretty obvious that the three M line is kind of set in stone and whether Michael Froelich here is, is here next year or not, they or the kind year of, after, yeah. they're kind of married to the idea of Backlund Kachuk. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of seems like they're kind of married to this Lindholm, uh, Monaghan, Goudreau line. They're like really close off the ice too. Like, I don't see why Bill Peters would spread the love there. Yeah. Of course, I've also made the counter argument where I'm like, Lindholm is super versatile. You can put him up and down the lineup for sure. But just cause you can do that doesn't mean you should. And, uh, I think if, you know, if it's working, why why break it up? And with all that being said, we both agree that Gaudreau is like lights out legitimately good. Monaghan is good. So Lindholm should also be good and should also continue to produce probably around the same that he has this year. Yeah. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Yep. I think Monaghan is like good, but not like you great. Did you notice my apprehension yeah. before? I wasn't going to be like, yeah, he's lights out like incredible. So 82 points in 78 games. Yep. But over, over a point per game and like on our top, like, defensive assignments he kills penalties he does everything for us i don't think he does man i don't think he does kill penalties or take top assignments yeah i think well we've talked about it our penalty kill is like garnett hathaway mark jankowski michael backland and elias lindholm michael froelich or michael froelich yeah Yeah, or garnett hathaway or sorry garnett hathaway is with jankowski but anyway we have a revolving door Derek ryan gets in there sometimes right so uh i think they kind of know like monahan's limitations and Kudos to the coaching staff being like, we're going to put you in a position to succeed. Yeah. We've we've always said the thing about Sean Monaghan is like production wise, he's just, he's probably the most productive guy in his draft class, right? Yeah, close. It's, he's got to be up there, right? And uh, 34 goals this year. Dude, and he just continues to score. And we're like, how? Because he doesn't like seem like a particularly great skater. He's not like great. He doesn't have great hands. It doesn't he's not seem a like. great passer. Right, but he's just uh, maybe the hockey sense through the roof because, like we've always said, like the positioning is yeah, his is positioning crazy. He's is always in the right place to cash in, right? So led the team with thirty five power play points, yeah, more than Gaudreau. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was second, third on the team in shots. So like, I don't know, maybe it's one of those just like keep he he sits there in the slot. He's kind of like a like a Keith Kachuk that way. Yeah, that he's large. He's good with his positioning, and if you just clap enough ten footers from the slot on net, yeah, they're gonna start going in. I was actually gonna say I kind of see a little like John Tavares in his game. Obviously, John Tavares like does everything a little bit better. Better, 
But, Better skater for sure. Yeah. And, but John Tavares isn't a great skater, right? Like, John Tavares isn't a dude that, like, actually even takes the wheels. And, yeah, yeah. You know, no one's, like, getting burned by John Tavares. But he's just a smart dude, scores a ton of goals, plays center, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Anyway. Okay, so we talked about, you know, Kachuk, 77 points. He's good, right? He's good. He's going to get paid. Very I, streaky, though, right? Is kind of like the one knock on Kachuk. Totally. Yeah. But... I mean, do you think 77 a, points is a career year? He's career? also a child, right? Yeah. Yeah. I so. don't I don't think that's the most points we see out of Makachuk. Yep. Okay. We're gonna get into the hurt feelings part. Okay. Michael Backlund, 47 points. Good. Disappointed? No. no. Absolutely not. I think that's kind of low. For really? the amount that he gets deployed with the quality of his line mates, the amount of power play time, he's on all, like right. I don't, he's three power play points this year. That power play two unit was so bad. True, true. Yeah, I mean. He could do a little bit better on that end, but I I think, man, every year I'm just like you're so fucking good. I fall in love with him every year. He he passes the eye test yeah. better than he passes the score sheet test. Right, I agree with that. Yeah, I just like I I I was surprised when I looked it up for this segment. And I, 47 I, is like, I would also say I haven't quite seen his splits, uh, but I bet you he's like really picked up steam in the second half of the year. Kind of feels like he's been scoring a lot more recently. Yeah, I you mean. Know? He scores a lot of timely points, you know, like tied yeah. in the third period, like a lot of like Kachuk on like a great feed from Backlund to like win or like on in overtime. Yeah. And I think that creates this impression that he's like an offensive dynamo, but I don't think anyone thinks he's an offensive dynamo. Well, what do you have last year? 56 nope. or something? Nope. He was also uh, at like 40 something. His best year was 53 points. I remember that because I had to look it up. Really? Yep. Yep. Uh, but... but He's also in the prime of his career. He's probably what, like 28? 20. He, yeah, he's 29, maybe 30. He gets 20 goals every year. Like, if and he takes the toughest assignment every year and has made a whole career out of just making dudes into millionaires. He does do that. Yeah. I would totally agree with you there. But, like, you say he's 29. Like, if he's any career year was two seasons ago, 53. Yeah. yeah. Like, if he's already peaked, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I I think production-wise, maybe he's peaked, but I think he's probably in his prime like as a hockey player. I'm like a little bit playing devil's advocate here. I love Michael Backlund. Right. He's awesome. But I was I was surprised, especially playing with Kachuk, who scored 77. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if they uh, deployed him more, I, I think maybe kind of a, a lot of the, the, the counting stats might be skewed by the fact that we're so deep. Yeah. You know, like everyone's kind of got like around that somewhere between 30 and 50 points oh sorry my bad yeah and that's kind of that might be a hindrance in terms of being able to like rack up those counting stats but yeah I, i'm not necessarily disappointed with 47 points from michael backland interesting yeah i I, th- I feel like as good as he is at hockey that number should be better i guess mm-hmm. that's the best way of phrasing it that's fair that he's so fucking good out there and he has the puck all the time yep why only 47 i don't know maybe right. that's mean maybe i'm being unfair yo you i don't know uh, also a big part of it is uh they were tinkering with that 3M line True. all year long. He got right? some goofy line mates. Yeah. I'll give you that. So I don't he, know. he got a lot of Neil at the start of the year. Yeah. Got he kind of got like when Froleek was healthy scratch. Froleek was like in and out of the he lineup. Got, like, some babysitting projects. I, I agree with that. So yeah. All right. Give you a pass on Michael Backlund. Okay. Okay. Sam Bennett, 27 points in 71 games. Okay. So Sam Bennett led the team with 93 penalty minutes. That is going to be my big knock on Sam Bennett here is I was looking at his hockey reference today. Yeah. And if we're talking about like uh, PDO, which we mentioned earlier, is kind of like your luck stat. Puck luck. Yeah. Yeah. So he's actually a career 97 PDO. So he's actually like unlucky relatively. Right. Right. With 100 being kind of the baseline for like you're basically sure. playing. Right. So to be three points off that over your career is kind of it kind of matches with like what you see with Sam Bennett on the ice. Right. right? It's like, wow, that was a great move. Uh, oh man, just rang off the post. Oh, tough titties. We'll get him next time, Stick right? Broke. And yeah. never seems to like actually go in the net for him. And I, again, Sam Bennett apologist here. I still think he's a kid, and I think you know this guy's the limit for him. But I know that we think plus minus is a stupid stat. Yeah. But on a team that was, I believe, plus sixty one, sixty two. Okay. Best goal differential in the Western Conference, and he was minus six, worst on the team. Ugh. Like, not great, Bob. If you want the sweet offensive opportunities, you have to play defense. And I think I think he's really shit. I think I think he's a good defensive player. I think he's a fucking shit for brains, though. I think he seeks out the big hit, like the sports center open uh, ice hit, yeah. when he should just maybe like take the puck off the stick and make a cur- like intelligent pass. Right, right. You know to I mean? me, I think the Sam Bennett issue is that he's just a little green, and like you kind of can't be at twenty two and been in the league for four years. Yeah. So I think he's got a 
he's got to like look himself in the mirror and be like, I need to like just be better at the like the dumb shit, like not taking penalties. Like the penalties are out of control. Ninety three pims, man, and like no one's close to that. And that's actually like doubled his like career high. And uh, so I think second is Geo with sixty nine pims, and he plays all nice. Right, yeah, sixty nine penalty minutes. But he also a probably has two fights this year. Right, plays twenty four minutes a night. A horse and Bennett is like ninety three with like thirteen minutes a night. Like you're in the penalty box more than you're on the fucking ice. And, and that's just it too. Is it also if we're talking about like Michael Backlund being a guy that like okay we're down you know one nothing late in the third Backlund will be like someone who gets the party started right. Sam Bennett is like Mr. Take all the wind out of your sails. You're in there. You're hemming him in their own end. Yeah. Like Sam Bennett will accidentally lose the puck, whatever it's hockey. And then like come back and like two hands slash some dude over the ankle. He's the definition of, so the rule in the NHL is you have to be responsible if you're a stick. If right. it high stick someone, it doesn't matter if it's on purpose. It's yeah. just your stick did that thing. So you're in the, so pe- you're in the box. He is most irresponsible with his stick of yeah. anyone I've ever seen. His stick is just fucking everywhere. It's in my skates. It's in my eye. Yeah. It's all my wrists. Like it's slashing, hooking, tripping all the time. Definitely. That cost us a playoff series, I fucking swear to God. Calgary Flames fans, uh, not that you're going to need any help getting drunk in the playoffs, <laughs> but if you're looking for a, a different way to get drunk, uh, one thing that we like to do when we're watching the Flames, anytime Sam Bennett takes an offensive zone penalty. Or, yeah, a stick infraction. Yeah, yeah. Dr- or a stick infraction, that's right. But, like, I'm looking at, so Sam Bennett, less points than Mark Jankowski, right. Noah Hannafin, TJ Brody, Michael Froelich, who played fewer games than Sam Bennett, yep. was scratched, Derek Ryan, who, like, we weren't super psyched when they signed him. Like he's yep. a fourth line center has obviously become a darling since, but absolutely yeah. love Derek Ryan. I told, I skipped him on the like yeah. happy, sad thing because like we all know how great Derek Ryan's playing. Totally. And then like, same thing, James Neal, 19 points, seven goals. Like Stinky. that's terrible, right? Yep. It is what it is. Man, Japane finished the year 13 points in 44 games. Right. But it feels like all 13 of those came in like the last five games, like, which they like, which they did. That's totally <laughs> fair. Yeah. But, uh, with that being said, like, so the fancy stats guys are like losing their fucking cool over Manjapane because he good? he's really good. Yeah, uh, like over the last whatever, call it a month. Yeah, and uh, he's only shooting twelve percent on the season. That's not unsustainable, right? The eye test, like, it, you fall in love with the kid, right? Absolutely. He just drives the net. He's fast as fuck. He he looks like he wants to be out there. He looks like a dude who's like, I'm better than like my fourth line assignment. No, like you know, yeah. shit talking to Garnet Hathaway and Derek Ryan who are. Probably homies with him, like probably played in Stockton together. Totally. But Manjapane is like, he's like, I'm big time. He's my answer right? to like every person who's like, oh, well, insert player. Like if he played with Gaudreau, he'd be awesome, but he's buried on the fourth line and that's why he's stinky. Yeah. That's the same as like the rich kid whose dad like donates to your hockey team. So he gets to play. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I think like Manjapane plays on the fourth line, quote unquote, shitty deployment and still, but it's still a star. But yes. how much of that is also like he plays with someone who is also smart, like Derek Ryan. You know, totally right. So, like, I think I think the overall arching reason why the Flames team was good this year is they've just kind of found some chemistry. It, it sounds so cliche. Totally. But like everyone just kind of works with everybody. Garnet Hathaway is not the 13th best. He's not the 12th best forward on the Flames. Right. Right. He's not the 13th. He might not be the 14th, but Garnet Hathaway, for whatever fucking reason, plays well with Derek Ryan and Andrew Mangiapane, and they're just going to let it run. So on, on the Hathaway point, we yeah. had a bet on Monday right. oh, that God. the last three games of the year, who scored more points, James Neal or Garnet Hathaway? They finished the season tied with 19 points. James Neal played fewer games, just one point out. But at the score of 2-1, to one, <laughs> all in the 7-2 Kings game, no one scored after that. James Neal, more points than Garnet Hathaway. God damn. You owe me a beer. Okay. You know what? Tough. Tough but fair. Uh, you know what? I'd go to bat for Garnet again, man. Uh, what a wild ride these last three games have been. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to, just to finish it off, I want to read out our goalie stats because the goaltending has been such a hot button this year. Okay. David Riddich. A hot Craig button. Yeah. 42 starts, 45 <laughs> games played. So three mop-up appearances. Yeah. He's 27 and nine with five overtime or shootout losses. Goals against of 2.61, save percentage of 9.11. One shutout. That's a pretty good line. That is right? a good line, yeah. Like, he's not going to play in the playoffs unless Mike Smith shits his pants. But, right. like, that's a great season. Mike Smith, on the other hand, 40 starts, 42 appearances, 23, 16-2, 2.73 goals against average, and an 8.98 save percentage with two shutouts. Yo, shout out to Mike Smith for somehow bafflingly finishing the season with a sub-900. Yeah. A sub-900 save percentage on the best team in the Western Conference. Like... I mean, we've talked about it. I know. We like, how much more do we till we're blue in the face? I don't know. Uh, but 
they seem committed to Mike Smith. And like recency should play a factor in your game one playoff starter, right? If some guy's hot for 10 games, it shouldn't matter the last 70, like you play at the hot guy. Right. And I kind of don't even disagree with the decision just based on how it's gone and how our organizations kind of seems to be playing this. Right. Because we also agree that Riddick has been sputtering a little bit as well. Kind of. Not really. Well, he's like four and one his last five starts. Well, he lost that game to the Ducks, right? Yeah. And then back of the crib, Mike Smith dropped that one. But also he uh, also I think that Ducks game were like some bad goals. Weren't they? I don't, I don't know. think so. He play- Sam Steele scored like one good one. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. Well, he played the second half of the backs back against LA with everyone resting, and we beat the Kings 7-2. Was that Riddick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Smith played the Sharks game. Right, right, right. My point being that if you just look at the season as a body of work, mm-hmm. not any sort of recency, like game one's worth just as much as game 82. Yep. Riddick was the better goalie. Totally. So, I don't know. Just looking at this makes me feel sad that he's not the game one starter. I think he's earned right. it. We'll probably unpack this more when we like get to the Instagram question. So what's kind of Mike Smith related? No, that's a good tease. Yeah, yeah we'll okay. uh, we'll put a pin in it. Let everyone uh, have a pee, get a glass of water, check in on WrestleMania for sure, and we'll come back with the Instagram goalie chat after. Yep. We're back. Okay, so as we teased on the previous segment, we had an Instagram question in relation to an article uh, that Matt Goob scoped out by Wes Gilbertson. Uh, Matt Goob, why don't you uh, give us some context about this article? So it was just, it was a game preview, I believe, but it came and circled around on who's playing net, and it was kind of like Mike Smith was getting the start because... He is like ramping up to be our game one starter. Right. And he gave a little context about why he's a game one starter and how in his last, I think it's 13 games. So, sorry, just uh, to yeah. quote the article, it said that Mike Smith has found his groove for a while now, which we think is kind of debatable, uh, <laughs> allowing two goals or less in 10 of his past dozen starting assignments and has a stingy 1.86 goals against average and a 920 save percentage over that stretch. Okay, so my issue with that is you'll, you'll see this in like sports arguments everywhere is what the baseball people like to call playing arbitrary endpoints. For sure. Right? It's like, oh, over his last two games, he's got two straight shutouts. Like, yeah. Cool, man. What the fuck, right? So that's kind of like this Wes Gilbertson thing. But since that article has come out, we've also seen Dave Riddick get a lot of play. Or uh, sorry, Mike Smith get a lot of play. Yeah. And Dave Riddick's role could, seems to be seemingly decreasing. Sure. Um. So we have a couple of replies to it. Matt Goob basically just threw it out to our Instagram audience being like, Yo, uh, how do you feel about yeah. this? Mike Smith, hey, those stats are good. You can argue that 12 is like a weird number to pull out of thin airs to count the starts. Right. But like 1.8 and 920 are good numbers. Yep. And uh, like, what was, how long ago? Three weeks ago, we asked who should start game one. And our viewers that's were right. 100%. Unanimous. 100%. Everyone said Dave. Dave Riddick. That's your game one starter. So that's why I want to throw it back out to the viewers. and Like, hey, you've all watched Flames hockey for two weeks since. Yep. You know, we all agreed Dave Riddick is the better goalie. <laughs> Like, are you like bewildered about this? I'm or definitely are you supporting this. I mean, it kind of hot hand can change. That does happen for sure. But again, anyone who follows this team closely has kind of seen they've been leaning that way anyway. Yeah. And that's like, for whatever reason, that might be just, I don't know. He's better in the locker room or something. I don't know. I, uh, I heard that, you know, when you look at the two personalities, that yeah. Riddich is like very team first and he's designed to be the backup. He knew that was his role. So he doesn't get bent out of shape when he's just not happy starting. to be here. Yeah, but maybe Mike Smith is not in love with yeah. uh, not starting and doesn't handle the backup gig quite as well. Mm-hmm. So just keeping everyone happy in the dressing room, Mike Smith is like the less I don't know uh, volatile choice. Yeah, just to keep everyone. It might just be like personal bias here, but I definitely like I could see that being the case for sure. Yeah, right. Like Matthew Kachuk doesn't jump into Mike Smith's arms at the end of hockey games, right? Totally right. Dave Riddick just seems like a cool dude who's like, yeah, man, sure, Mike, like I'll. You can go play, man. It's all good. <laughs> well, like it was like the eighth game of the season or something. The flames were sputtering and there was uh, an argument. You could hear James Neal and Mike Smith yelling at each other like, yo, like stop the fucking puck. And Smith was like, score a fucking goal or something. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God. Nice. But I love it. Written by George Orwell. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyways, so, what kind of responses do we get? Okay. Uh, so our responses this week go as follows. Friend of the podcast, Connor Cadger. Either way, I'm going to throw up. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, friend of the podcast, KBell22. If he lets in two goals in the first 27 minutes, pull him out. Can't risk it. Uh, short leash for Mike Smith is like the TLDR Agreed. there. Yeah. So, and I, I kind of think that's 
where they're headed anyway. I, I think we've learned from the Brian Elliott experiment that if you're kind of got an icky feeling in your stomach, you can't wait till you're down two nothing in game four, right? Right. You just you gotta, gotta nip that in the bud ASAP. For sure. You so, just gotta hope your Brian Elliott replacement, in that case, Chad Johnson, is plays better. Yeah. But yeah, I think if like one softy goes in in game one, like that that has to be it. One pizza up the middle from behind the net and yeah. you're toast. I think it's all gonna be about winning. And like, even if Mike Smith puts up a couple or lets in a couple ducks, but the Flames still find a way to win, they'll probably oh. keep riding that. I, I swear to God, that's going to be the case. So the Flames beat the Avs at home 7-5. Every game. Let's say two of those goals are on the power plays. Nothing Smith can do. Yeah. One is like fine. And then two, you're like, ugh. Two, yeah. One's you're like still a flutter puck and the other one's like a misplayed puck. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's, they start in game two? I kind of think they won't. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, but... Like, I'd be disappointed if that happened and they still went back to Mike Smith. I am just so convinced that the Flames have like a weird like written deal with Mike Smith where they're like, you're just like our de facto guy until Ugh. proven otherwise. And uh, yeah, it, that's what it's looking like. Uh, also, uh, Case Tribosh 21. Happy birthday. Happy belated. Um, he writes in and says Smith faces like 13 shots a game, obviously making the case that Mike Smith is winning and has like a nice high save percentage, but isn't exactly getting tested. That's uh, true. So the, the article quoted two or less goals against. Right. But lots of those games were like 18 shots. Well, so who, the save percentage comes in at like 870, which is shitty. Yeah. So if you play a higher quality opponent, like let's say the Avs put 30 shots on net, that turns out to be four goals against. Right. And we're behind the eight ball. Do you guys remember what game that was most recently where they only faced like 16 shots and Mike Smith had only three of them? That was the Sharks game. Was that the it? Sharks game? Or was that last night? <laughs> oh nice he was yeah 870 i think last right night. but i think the sharks game was three goals on 12 shots or that something. sounds about right. 750 save and percentage. that's a game that you have to have right yeah at least in theory you, you were you were heading into that one being like we need to win this hockey game and yeah that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence yeah i think he is one of those goalies that the more shots on net he gets the better he plays like maybe phoenix he just got freaking lit peppered up. yeah yeah so that like makes you play better yep but I just don't see our team doing that. We control the puck so well. We skate so well. I just don't see us giving up 35 shots against the Avs. Really quick sidebar, unrelated question. Uh, do you think Mike Smith and James Neal are friends? So apparently they're homies. They're like, okay. like I think they're, I don't know. They went on like a world championships team or something together, okay. like when they were younger. Yeah, yeah. And like have since like been friends and like contacted each other when james neal signed here or something. they just both kind of seem insufferable i'm not sure what it is yeah but i think they're insufferable like together okay interesting interesting <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't think i'd be super great pals with either one yeah it doesn't seem like it okay just another quick sidebar if you're gonna hang out with the flames like you're hanging out with like the lindholm monahan like kachuk the, the young dudes crew right doing blow a natty 10 without a doubt right i kind of think i'd rather hang out with the goofy european crew I, oh, so okay, so goofy Europeans is probably actually no. Riddick probably hangs out with Kachuk, who hangs out with those guys, right? So goofy Europeans would be Lindholm. <laughs> no, Lindholm's cool, man. Lindholm hangs out with Monahan and Goudreau. Really? Yeah, I'm picturing like him, Backlund, Riddick, Rasmus. So like going bowling and betting on off-track horse racing. or I'm something. I'm pretty sure like Backlund and Geo are a crew that like go to the farmers market all the time. <laughs> they like have wives, like beautiful dogs, and picture books, storybook lives. Right. Uh, and then you have like the young degenerates who we're all partial to. Sure. That's like the top line: Sam Kachuk, Bennett. Sam Bennett, Dave Riddick, Noah Hannafin. No, I think Hannafin's a boring one. Really? I do. I think Hannafin's boring. Yep. I think Hedman's boring. He probably like does the charity work with Hamannick. I bet you they're inseparable. Hamannick is like all, he's like a Phil Rivers of the Flames. Yeah. Like he just <laughs> loves his kids. I don't know if he has kids, but. Yeah. Spends a lot of time in the children's hospital from yeah, what I've seen. Exactly. Okay. So then that rounds out. Okay. Oh, I bet you there's like a fucking sweet crew of like the misfit defensemen. Like, like the, the other six. Michael Stone. Right? Yeah. Dalton, <laughs> Michael Stone. Dalton Prout. Shillington. Dalton Prout. Fanberg. Oh man. Holy cow. What I wouldn't No, Oscar Fanberg's in the weird European crew. Okay. Do you think all the Swedes hang out? Yes. Yeah? So Rasmus, Shillington, Backlund, Lindholm. Uh, who am I forgetting? I think that's it. I don't know. Yeah. Fanberg, probably. Did I say him already? Yeah, he's Swedish. Okay, cool. Anyway, Swedish, right? Nice. Give or take. Uh, okay, enough of that. Uh, last response we got on the Twitter question was from Matthew J.D. Mark. Matthew J.D. Mark says, subpar goaltending will lead to a second round exit for the fire guys. Uh, scorching take, he is a Winnipeg Jets fan, I should say. So, he, yeah, he, he has great goaltending. He doesn't even know what it's like. 
Well, Hello Buck has been kind of shaky too, right? He kind of no, had, he's good though. He had like an up and down season. Yeah, you're right. He's like the pedigree's there. He's yeah. actually good. He, you know, I just believe slump. in the talent more than I do in yeah Mike Smith or Aaron Dell. Connor or... Hellebuck is better than all those dudes. Yeah. Yes, is he? I I guess you probably go Flurry, Rene, and then probably Hellebuck in terms of like Western Conference goalies. Ben Fenzel? Bishop is good. Yeah, he, Ben Bishop is just good. a band aid. And Bennington too, right? Bennington like scorching. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen hot goalies like take teams deep in the playoffs before too. The St. Louis Blues are like a team that I'm talking myself into being like kind of afraid of. So last if it ever week we talked about Jack Adams and how Bill Peters has to be second to John Cooper. Yep. But uh, the Blues coach, who I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but uh, they came from dead last, and we were at that game in December when uh, the Flames lost to the Blues, and we were like, "Fuck, the last place team, like on home ice, like <laughs> come on." And then they went like on a huge rip to win, not almost win the Central Division. Yeah. So I kind of, that, that is a good coach of the year kind of story. For sure. Did they end up firing Ken Hitchcock before bringing this dude in? Ken was Hitchcock's the, was the Oilers coach. I know. I, d- I thought maybe he was the Blues coach and then he got canned and this new guy comes in and then Ken Hitchcock goes to the already terrible Oilers. And continues and to maintain his terribleness. Correct. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Uh, anyway. Check. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's fact way, check way, to prepare, way to prepare, guys. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. We were doing so well, too. Uh, uh, so last topic of discussion, then. Right. Uh, we kind of already t- trickled into it a little bit with this Blues talk, but what, you want to talk about the playoffs a little bit? Yeah, so this has been a big Twitter debate, which I feel like we should talk on the podcast about how the bracket system, where you have to kind of come out of your division in the second round before you play the other division in your conference yep. has created the situations where like the four and five seed in terms of total points are playing each other in the first round. Right. When mostly Leafs fans think that they shouldn't be playing the Bruins until the second or third round. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, do you like this system? It sounds like they're going to change it. Like there's enough backlash that like this is going to go away. I don't know. So here's my, here's my thing is the one through eight system is good for the whole merit based approach. Right. But in many instances, what the NHL is actually in every instance, it's entertainment, right? So the idea of having like these divisional rivalries that you play them four times a year, you probably play them in the playoffs. Yeah. Like that's supposed to like really create that, like whatever that, you know, we hate them, this rivalry thing. It kind of manufactures rivalries for sure. And I guess they think that the league is based on that. And they find that the most compelling. Now, if you wanted to do it, the whole merit base, I, I would say why even stop at the one through eight in each conference? This should be the 16 best teams, which is actually kind of what the NBA has been like fiddling around with. Sure. It's just like one through 16. Doesn't fucking matter what. Yeah. In. We'll set the it's, schedule. Based it's on 2019, man. We can fly places. Like it doesn't really matter. So for what it's worth in the Western conference, the first round matchups would be identical. Okay. Flames are first. Yep. Avs are eighth. They play each other. San Jose second. Vegas is seventh. They play each other. They already do. Dallas, Nashville, three and six already play each other. And then Winnipeg and St. Louis. Right. So like, I don't think there's a huge, like, whatever disproportionate out of whack like oh my god it's yeah. not like the 13th place team is sneaking in but in the east i don't know when toronto was doing better there right. was more belly aching right right but like now they're the fifth seed overall yeah so they'd be getting the islanders but instead they get the second place bruins yep but my answer to that is just play better like totally if you don't want to play boston win your fucking division I don't for know. sure you know what I I know a lot of the whole argument has kind of been spurred on by Leafs Twitter. Yeah. And like to me, my my response to that is like, would you really feel more comfortable playing a series in New- in Long Island? Right? Versus like playing the Bruins? Yeah. You know, it's like uh, they both seem like bad matchups where you're probably going to take the L there. Yeah, you're you on know? the road either way. Yeah. Like if you didn't want to start your playoff, like again, this was back when they were better and didn't right. limp into the playoffs. For but sure. I mean, if you want home ice advantage, Win more games. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I kind of think this is fine. I kind of like the fact that, you know, we don't have to play Nashville and St. Louis or Winnipeg until the conference final. Yeah. Because we have to get out of our own division first. True. I also, I know for betting purposes, the whole bracketology aspect isn't lost on the NHL. Right. That you fill it out before the whole thing. Yeah. And then, like, like March Madness. No one watches college basketball, but the fact I can make a bracket yep. before it starts. And everyone is, makes a bracket. is so cool. Right. And I think the NHL is trying to capitalize on that, and I don't think that's a bad idea. For sure. I also think the NHL bracket, like, as, like, a four-fun thing is not nearly as fun as the NCAA one because it's, it's only, like, three series or three rounds that you yeah, have to pick through. totally. And, like, yeah, I don't know. It's not as fun. But I, I get it. On top of that, I also like the idea that 
like it doesn't matter for us because we're playing the fucking abs right but the knights and the sharks like that's that should be a division rivalry and like now you as a fan are you get treated to like playing a division rival whereas like in historically like what if we got the oilers wouldn't that be fucking sick you know in round one but wouldn't you rather have the oilers in round three i don't care when i play the oilers i just want to play them in the playoffs because in the certain corner of the bracket this year so washington is playing carolina yeah because they won their division and carolina is the first wild card yeah but under the traditional system washington would play pittsburgh round one which right. is a series that everyone wants uh-huh so like are you i guess sad yeah. that you didn't get pens caps crosby Ovi, or right. do you figure if that series is meant to be they'll both win the first round and we'll see you in round two interesting uh, I, I still think I like the idea of like the guaranteed, like you get to play your rival. Interesting. But, yeah. I don't mind the new system. Yeah. I, I really don't. I think it's okay. Actually. Here's a, if you feel strongly about the, uh, yeah, please. System, yeah. Tweet into us, send us an email. Yep. Just ring Joe's doorbell. Yep. Uh, Always we'd open. love to hear from the fans. Uh, Cause like it's, it's a divisive issue. It's, I, I think the NHL is going to change it after next season because this is so unpopular. But it seems crazy to me, and I also think it's just because it's not benefiting the Leafs. I'll just tell you this, like, as someone who watches basketball and has right. very closely for a long time, like, the playoff debate of, like, are we seeding this correctly has been a hot-button issue there for a couple years. It never goes away. It, it, well, it's just not that important. It's yeah. very much like it's the dog days of the season, and we're trying to, like, come up with some sort of content. True. You might see a couple, like, mainstream places do that, but otherwise it's just, like, people yelling in the echo chamber that is Twitter. Yeah, fair. Yeah. All right. Before we go, we're gonna go around the table. Okay. Pred stars. Who you like? Pred stars. Uh, I think I gotta go with the Preds. Me too. Yeah. Same boat. Sweep. Okay. Jets hosting the Blues. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Blues. Hot hand, man. Really? Yeah. I'm going Jets for sure. I think the Jets kind of sputtered into the playoffs. They give me the heebie-jeebies. Jets have a huge home ice advantage. I think that like center like rocks hard. I take the Jets too. Okay. Nice. All right, Flames hosting the Avs. Uh, you know what? That's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with the Flames, though. <laughs> flames. Can't not go with the Flames. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right, San Jose at home to Las Vegas. I got the Knights in seven. I got Las Vegas, too. <laughs> mm. Eric yeah. Carlson suited up on Saturday. Apparently healthy. I yeah. don't believe it. I think he's still hurt. But, yeah, he will play. Yep. You know what? We'll make it a clean sweep. Clean yeah. sweep? Yeah. All right. Make nice. more solidarity. Anyways. Fuck San Jose. For sure. Okay. Tampa Bay, Columbus. You know what? I'm going to take the jackets. Sure. Fuck it. Really? Yo, Yo they, they out everyone. Bobrovsky, Panarin, like Felino. Like they didn't trade anyone. Yeah. But they're, I don't know. Tampa Bay is too good. Tampa Bay is a fucking juggernaut. They're probably going to kill him, but I'm not going to, whatever. Give me sure. The I'd like to take the upset, but I'm going with Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Boston at home with the Maple Leafs. I am going to take the Leafs. Really? I really am. I'm going to take Boston in seven, I think. Like, yep. Toronto's going to think that they got it, and then they're going to have their hopes and dreams slashed. Yep. Go Bruins. Boston in five. Wow. Ooh. All right. I, Bruins? I, I honestly do not think that Toronto's going to put out that much of a fight in that series. Their uh, defense is, like, it. it's not playoff worthy. They to score tons of goals. The but. defense is bad, but, yeah, I was going to say, like, that top six, the top nine is, like, lights out based just on talent. Totally. So, I think... They're fast. I think they're, like, more talented than the Bruins. The Bruins might be the better team, but... I just don't know if Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin are going to handle the Pasternak, Marshawn, Bergeron line. I For think sure. They're going to eat. All right. Washington, Carolina. Last man, the Canes are fun, but I think the Capitals are, they're like made for the playoffs, man. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Give me the Caps. Yeah, I want the Caps Same too. I, I hope the Canes push it to seven though. Let's see a couple like playoff storm surges. You know, it'd be fun. All right. Islanders hosting the Penguins. Uh, this is like the old guard. Like, I, I got to go with the Pens, man. Like Crosby and Malkin, I'm not going to bet against them. I'm taking the Islanders. I think Barry Trotz is the best coach in the league. Wow. And, uh, they, like, they've been in the first place all season. Give the Isles. I got the Penguins. Yeah. Crosby wow. and the boys just know how to turn it the fuck on. In For the sure. Playoffs. Like He'll get it done. Year, Phil Castle. Yeah. yeah. All right. That'll be a good series to watch. Totally. Uh, unless you guys have anything else. No, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, good luck in the playoffs to you all. I'm going to try to not get into the drunk tank at all. Go Flames, Can't go make Red Mile. There. Yeah, go Flames, go Red Mile, indeed. And uh, look out for some more podcasts in the playoffs. I don't know, maybe we'll... Do a special... Yeah, we'll do some sort of special or... Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure something out. Live from 17th Ave. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and yeah, if you see us out at the bar anywhere, like feel free to come say hi. Tell us uh, what you think of the show. For sure. So yeah, thank you so much. Have a great day. And uh, yeah. This is Seeing Red.